On today's episode, we have a close eye on SaaS stock Dublin. If you think about your business, it doesn't really matter what you're selling. It could be a retail product, subscription e-commerce, SaaS, traditional B2B. Everything in your business is being used to drive a customer to a particular point of conversion. We're also looking at data breaches. Have they become commonplace? Are we too nonchalant about sufficient security? And finally, we wrap with a new member of the subscription class with Zora's Team Zoo weighing in. All this and more today on Recur Now. From ProfitWell's Boston HQ, it is Wednesday, October 16th. I'm Abby Sullivan. And I'm Grace Gagnon. It's a beautiful day to subscribe. First up, your daily subscription digest. We are tuned in across the pond to Sastock Dublin coverage. One of our favorite places to travel as a ProfitWell crew. And the tweets, the likes, and the retweets keep rolling in. With footage so good, we're practically there. And as I scrolled through my morning Twitter routine, something about Sastock particularly caught my eye. Oh yeah, what was that? Well... You've heard of silent discos, right? Where a bunch of people get together to dance to music from wireless headphones as opposed to playing it over speakers. Yeah, I I think I've seen it. It's a little freaky, but I'm definitely familiar. So Sastock dropped a similar initiative, a silent podcast in Dublin, which is essentially the same concept as a silent disco, but with speakers and a captivated audience instead. Okay, definitely cool. You've you've caught my attention with that. Oh yeah, I'm watching the video now. So it looks like they're filming Godard Abel. He's the co-founder and CEO of GT. To crowd and he's with Philippe Boteri of Excel Partners and it looks like there's a whole bunch of onlookers with their own headphones too. Yeah and from the point of view of the person taking the video you can't actually hear a word the speakers are saying. That's so wild because if you think about it how does this really differ from a normal podcast? True but I think for the audience it's still about seeing the speakers live and in person and potentially getting that chance to meet them thereafter. The concept is cool and interesting for sure but I don't know how happy I would be if I had been looking forward to seeing a particular speaker and I got this instead. I don't know. I'm kind of digging it. I wonder how our own CEO, Patrick, would feel if he signed up for a talk and this was his outlet of communicating to the audience. Although I'm sure these two speakers were prepped prior. Yeah, it does leave me curious as to if speakers and general audience members are into this, especially, you know, Patrick, he likes to jive off of the audience members. So I don't know how he would feel about this. Well, the crew wraps up there today. So when our team gets back from Dublin, I am keen to see if they checked it out. Could very well be the future of conferences. Minimal sound, maximum listening. All right, another day, another data breach. Pluralsight releases a compelling piece on data breaches in today's world written by Dale Meredith, Microsoft certified trainer and project consultant. And it's asking questions like, why do data breaches seem so commonplace now? And have we become so immune to almost weekly news headlines of large-scale data breaches that solving these problems seem insurmountable? These are the questions that have left Dale wondering if we aren't learning the right lessons from others' mistakes. He reminds us. With the right mindset, data breaches shouldn't discourage us into inaction, but motivate and remind us why security practices are so important to follow and continually question and improve in the first place. And if you're thinking, what are you talking about? We've never been breached. Our network is invincible. Well, Dale reminds us that threat reduction is a journey and not a destination. If you ever get comfortable and feel that you've arrived at a point of perfect security, that's likely when you're at your most vulnerable. So 
the piece outlined security takeaways for corporations and their employees, IT professionals, and consumers. And Abby, you spoke with Michael Cox, our director of engineering here at ProfitWell. And I think it's safe to say he knows a thing or two about data breaching and safety. He sure does. And he says he agrees with this article in totality. What did he say was the main takeaway from this? Well, he says the most important aspect here is that you need buy-in, that security is important from someone at the C-level of your organization. Otherwise, time, money, and effort sunk into security at any level can feel like it's being wasted. It becomes a line item cost for someone to question, since we've never been breached, so why do we need to spend money on this? Okay, so if a company has never been breached, it probably has never really looked into security. So advice on where one should start? Well, Michael advises making investing in security a priority because there will be plenty of organizations and people who won't take this seriously, who will then look like more compelling targets to any would-be attackers. Unfortunately, this is why a lot of municipal governments have been targeted in recent memory. Limited budgets to spend on security, but high value to attackers in terms of the services they provide and the data they're storing. This resource could be a beneficial one to pass around to the team. It's better not to look at the if with data breaches, but the when. So true. And shout out to Michael for the A-plus input. All right, Abby, tell us about Sonos. Earlier this month, Sonos speakers launched Sonos Flex, a subscription service for just that, speakers. First launched to just 500 homes in the Netherlands, very clearly an experiment on Sonos' part. With three subscription plans of the Flex program, it feels like there's an option for most music devotees in the company's latest effort of lowering the barrier of entry to Sonos gear. The Verge reports that the Flex pilot also offers additional choice to consumers who value freedom and flexibility and who prefer subscriptions for services like meal deliveries, entertainment, and home fitness. It's no secret that Sonos speakers are pricey, so this all seemed to make a lot of sense. But Zora's CEO and founder and subscription master, Teen Zoo, isn't very impressed by the rollout. Why not? Well, Teen says it doesn't feel that exciting because it strikes him as more of an equipment rental plan than anything else, and that successful subscription services are constantly changing iterating, improving themselves. We know today you can subscribe to essentially anything, but Teen reminds us the key to a truly successful program is a compelling digital intelligence or content offering that becomes smarter, better, and more customized over time. In this community, we discovered at the heart of this new model is this concept of freedom, this concept of freedom. The reason that we love the subscriptions that we use, the Netflixes, the Salesforces, the Amazon Primes, is that these new things give us freedoms we didn't have before. Freedom to access things where we want, where we want it, when we want it. Freedom from obsolescence of outdated products. Freedom from the shackles of product ownership. He says, if Sonos had rolled out some compelling new digital features that you could only access through a subscription plan, then they would have caught my attention. It's just hard to get excited about a pricing plan. It's never about the box. It's about what's inside. So what are your thoughts on the Sonos speaker subscription drop? Props for trying Sonos, but as always, time will tell if this one's a boom or a bust. If interested in Teen's take, check out his book, Subscribed, which we've featured in the ProfitWell Book Club before. We'll link to the episode in your subscriber newsletter so you can hear the lessons we've digested from cover to cover. On today's ProfitWell Book Club, I break down Peter Thiel's Zero to One next. And that's a wrap on your October 16th subscription news. Up next, Zero to One in this episode of ProfitWell Book Club. (music) 
Why reinvent the wheel when you can invent something just as innovative, but entirely new? The greatest leaders are those that have learned to think for themselves, those who've invented revolutionary solutions to our biggest problems, not those who've perfected solutions that have already been created. On today's ProfitWell Book Club, I dive deep into Zero to One, written by entrepreneur and investor Peter Thiel, who claims we live in an age of technological stagnation. And although IT has improved rapidly, there's no reason why progress should be limited to computers or Silicon Valley. Zero to One, at its core, reinforces the idea that doing what someone else already knows how to do takes the world from one to N, adding more of something familiar, while doing something new takes the world from zero to one. In it, Teal drives home five key points. Point number one. You can shape the future by uniquely viewing your present. Your progress in the present is what truly defines your future. What does this mean? There's horizontal thinking and there's vertical thinking. Horizontal comes from expanding existing ideas, while vertical means creating something new. Teal argues that the ability to think vertically is necessary in shaping a brighter future. Point number two. Monopolies are good for both business and society. The word monopoly gets a bad rap, but monopolies actually drive innovation. They thrive because of technological advantages, network effects, economies of scale, and solid branding. Point number three. The most successful companies find the secrets to success that can't be replicated. Don't get caught up in the mindset that there are no new ideas to be had. There is always opportunity for vertical progress. To achieve it, you need to pinpoint the secrets in society that may be so embedded they're difficult to withdraw. The things that are important, but which most people don't know about or agree with. Point number four. Successful startups are built on a solid team foundation. Booming startups start with a killer team. Teal knows you need the right people, the right culture, and balanced owner interests. Laying this foundation will help you survive in the long term. Point number five. There are seven critical questions every business must answer. Teal claims there are seven questions every company must answer in order to analyze and understand their market opportunity. He nods to the clean tech boom that spanned 2005 to 2009, where an investment bubble was at its height in Silicon Valley and thousands of companies were started in the industry. But so many failed because they didn't consider the market and the company itself. To hear each one of these questions, listen on to the extended version. So do you need to read zero to one? Teal's take on building a better future can sufficiently be summarized in 10 minutes or less. I wouldn't run out and buy the book just yet. I don't necessarily agree with his sentiments in their entirety. But first, listen on if you're interested in a more in-depth rundown of each of these above points. If you feel like you're set, skip ahead. But if you want to dig deeper with us, keep listening. We digested zero to one from cover to cover, so you don't have to. Remember, we have five main points here. So let's dig a bit deeper into each one and see what we can unpack from Teal's take. Point number one, you can shape the future by uniquely viewing your present. Again, there's horizontal thinking and there's vertical thinking. Horizontal comes from expanding existing ideas, while vertical means creating something new. Teal argues that the ability to think vertically is necessary in shaping a brighter future. Vertical progress is more challenging to predict because you're conjuring something up that does not yet exist. To do so successfully, Teal says you must view the present critically. In interviews, he says he's sure to ask, what important truth do very few people agree with you on? To see how candidates can think outside established conventions. He encourages us to be the architect of our own future arguing that far too many people think about the future indefinitely, trying to prepare for all possible events. But he says success is the product of focus, dedication, and determination, and we should focus on creating a future that's best for us. Startups only have the best future and will only be successful under very specific conditions. There's only one best market, one best time to launch, etc. When choosing your future, it's critical to look beyond established conventions in your present. Point number two. 
Monopolies are good for both business and society. Like I said, the word monopoly gets a bad rap. Conventional wisdom holds that competition is the ideal economic stimulus, encouraging companies to improve one another's products. But monopolies actually drive innovation and societal progress. They thrive because of four main reasons. One, technological advantages. Simply put, the proprietary technology works better than anyone else's. Two, network effects. The more people using the product, the more useful it becomes. Think Facebook's network, for example. Three, economies of scale. When producing something on a large scale, there are major cost savings. Four, solid branding. A solid brand awareness and presence can eventually speak for itself. Think Apple, Google, Uber. Point number three. The most successful companies find the secrets to success that cannot be replicated. There is always opportunity for vertical progress. To achieve it, you need to pinpoint the secrets in society that may be so embedded they're difficult to withdraw. The things that are important, but which most people don't know about or agree with. Consider slavery, for example, which not long ago was considered a societal norm. The fact that it was wrong was a secret. You must find and chase these secrets, Teal argues, to avoid merely making horizontal progress. He also drives home the fact that building a company is not an overnight success story. It takes years of sweat and tears, especially true when it comes to profits. Many startups aren't profitable off the bat, and you need to stick it out and keep in mind the end goal in order to become profitable, starting small and expanding as you see fit. A secret Teal himself witnessed with the growth of PayPal. When he calculated the value of the product back in 2001, he found most of the profit was expected to come in a decade later, which may have seemed terrifying at the time, but just look at them now. Point number four. Successful startups are built on a solid team foundation. We can attest booming businesses begin with a killer team. Teal knows you need the right people, the right culture, and balanced owner interests to succeed. Before making an investment in a company, Teal says he analyzes the skills and vision of the people involved, as well as their personal connections, because he's seen firsthand what poor ties can do to a team. Before co-founding PayPal, Teal had invested in a company that his co-founder had started with someone he barely knew, and apparently their personal differences eventually took the venture down. He claims that the interests of the company company owners should be balanced, and that laying this foundation first and foremost will help you survive in the long term. He reminds us that teams are also crucial to the distribution of your product, and innovative products are worthless unless they're sold. Point number five there are seven critical questions every business must answer. Teal claims there are seven critical questions every company must answer in order to analyze and understand their market opportunity. One, the engineering question. Can you create breakthrough technology instead of incremental improvements? Two, the timing question. Is now the right time to start your particular business? Three, the monopoly question. Are you starting with a big share of a small market? Four, the people question. Do you have the right team? Five, the distribution question. Do you have a way to not just create, but deliver your product? Six, the durability question. Will your market position be defensible 10 and 20 years into the future? Seven, the secret question. Have you identified a unique opportunity that others don't see? When you have solid answers to these seven, Teal says to forge ahead. Teal wraps with a highlight that founders tend to be oddballs, but their vision is what matters at the core. Again, this info is likely all you really need from Teal's view on building a better future and your own startup. But if you're still left intrigued, buy a copy and read on. We'd love to hear Hear your take. Hang out with us next week. And if you have a book you want us to break down, send it over to abby at recurnow.com or tag us on social with hashtag recurnow and we will get it on the list. And finally, a teaser for a game we call Name Your Price. Name Your Price is a game in which players are prompted with questions of monetary value. I'm going to go with half a million. $100. <laughs> 300 bucks a month. 100,000. $5,000. <laughs> I'm saying. 500k tomorrow we're asking our team how much would i have to pay you to move cross country for five years find this and more like it on recurnow.com 
And that's it for your October 16th episode of Recur Now. If you're not on the list to receive daily episodes, head to recurnow.com for free daily intel. And if you have news you want to share from product launches to webinar drops, send me a note at abby at recurnow.com and we'll see how we can spread the word. 